0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: You're very welcome to Late Lunch on LM... LM, (laughs) How long am I here? LMFM Radio this afternoon. Great to have you with us on the show this beautiful Thursday. Isn't the weather just gorgeous? The poncho trick continues to work the oracle, but I'm not selling it. I decided overnight I've withdrawn the poncho for sale. It's off the market. Yes. Because I'm looking ahead, I have the weather forecast here for two o'clock, so it's definitely off the market.
0: But it might it be reverse psychology again that if you sold it, the sun might come out, and just around this area oh. it might be sunny, and that the whole rest of the country might get absolutely yeah. deluged.
1: Yeah, bloody cheapskate! I offered to you for fifty cents, you turned it down. I offered to you for twenty, yes. Then what do you yeah, want it for? Ten cents. Yeah, cent? but
0: blue looks better on you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about the poncho tomorrow. Do you know what I was thinking? Um, now this is a long shot, Louise, and and possibly you don't know anything about this. Uh-huh, did you ever? Did you ever? Did you ever have a scrapbook? No, never.
0: Only if I was doing projects in primary school. Okay, I'd but you, but never as a no.
1: Yeah. I just came across somebody who I know who produced a scrapbook recently when I was on a visit to see them and showed to me. And it was a football scrapbook going back years ago uh, with pictures from magazines like Shoot and Goal and things like that. It was great to see it. Honestly, kept meticulously and all the pictures pasted in. But I'm sure people kept scrapbooks for, you know, uh, pop stars bands they loved and things like that. Maybe other things as well. But anyway, I just want to ask late lunch listeners today. It is a long shot, I know, and it's probably going back a little bit. Anybody keep a scrapbook? Is anybody out there kept a scrapbook? Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Just let us know if you kept a scrapbook, what it was for as well. Hardly, you wouldn't think anyone keeps a scrapbook today. No, not with I
0: wouldn't say so, but uh, people are surprised. Uh,
1: I wouldn't think so. Not with, you know, all the newfangled stuff on phones well, and I everything else.
0: photographs.
1: Well, that you'd say that's a photo album, okay? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I, 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 You're I, talking I, about hobbies. If you love I, yeah, something, I, passionate. I,
1: yes, or, or or have you a scrapbook going back that you kept that you'd put together years ago let me know please 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text that's 086 (laughs) no I had one (laughs) but you know me for not holding on to things really Mm. it probably found its way out of the house somewhere (laughs) I did I did I kept them years ago myself I remember Um, having a football one I did have a football one I I had one like that myself and that's why I was pleased to see it with a friend of mine but 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text or give us a call at the uh, main LMFM number if you have a scrapbook from yesteryear hardly if you keep one today but I'd love to hear from you anyway let me know we'll wait and see does anything come we're fishing now for this but let's see if anybody out there can help us now let's say hello to my first guest today he could be a little jet lagged he's waiting patiently he's only back in Ireland but he is a champion we've met him before on late lunch Eddie Maguire welcome back to the show and congratulations on your big win in Scandinavia
2: thank you much indeed, indeed uh, really uh, honest to God the shock of my life I wouldn't have been rated or expected too well uh, you know because I had a uh, tough few months with a, a hip injury and a, a leg injury and a, a, a major operation but th- this is my first competition back and n- normally your, your first competition will be local one or in Ireland somewhere but this happened to be in, in Stockholm in Sweden in the Scandinavian uh, Open for visually impaired and blind golfers, and yes, uh, you know I I was going to an easier part to, It's called Stableford in the golf, and if you're feeling you're not going to do it while you're playing that, but look, I said give it a chance, and I went for for the the big the the main thing, and uh, after well, we had three days altogether, Jerry. The first day with practice, and the next two were championship, and that's what I won. I won the Scandinavian. Uh, open.
1: the the so, individual so, event you are the individual right. champion
2: i am yeah i'm the champion and uh brilliant it's just uh, unbelievable i'm so over i mean look at you wouldn't think at my age uh, and, and, and i'm not going to say what age i am <laughs> but but i'm a certain age and you wouldn't you think well look at you have gone well past your dreams and saying well i could do this and i could do that and I never expected the kid. Honest to God, Joan is here with me at the moment, my wife, and she she knows I didn't expect anything at all. Yes. But it I just, I couldn't believe it. It was as if, you know, as if, I don't know, possessed or at but <laughs> as if it, I, it was from another kind of a realm or something. Yes. I, I was hitting shots that i didn't think I could hit, you know, and, and most people who have seen me playing golf would agree with me just, you know, that a lot of shots I can't hit, you know. Mm. But it just worked, Jerry, and that's all. It was just it came Orchard. together
1: for you Eddie and that's golf for you and you know what I, I play a bit myself I, I from time to time I, I'm a pure pleasure golfer I have to say but sometimes when you have a break and you've had this break due to your hip and thigh problems I know that uh, but sometimes when you come back something happens and obviously you got this sport of whatever it was to lift the title now were you part of an Irish trio as well was there a team event uh, associated it, it, yeah, yeah? It
2: was, it, no, no it wasn't a team event it was Individual. individual okay. we were representing Ireland right uh, we had a lady uh, golfer, uh, Carol Brill, and she won the ladies' section. Right. And we had uh, another, uh, Paddy Power, the, the name sounds familiar, but she, it's not the Paddy Power, but uh, Paddy Power from County Wexford. And that was our team for the uh, Scandinavian. The right. inaugural event, actually, it's the first ever uh, uh, event of this nature. And it's played in the Southern Tana. Golf club outside of of uh, Stockholm. Yes. I learned something too, too over there. So, you, it's not pronounced Stockholm, H O L M. They pronounce it stock, Stockholm. Stockholm. I was surprised, you know. Yeah. Needless to say, I got it wrong several times, you know. Well, but the, I had a great. I look at you need a good. You need a lot of help, but yeah. I had a great guide. Had um, you? My own grandson, Luke Gravy, and he pulled shot put after putt after putt.
1: Right. So he was your guide and your caddy, was he, for going round?
2: That's right. Yeah. But blind golfers. Are visually, now, I'm not blind, Jerry, at all. Yes. But I'm I'm visually impaired. I'm six percent, I think. And um, he, you, you have to operate with a guide because even though I can hit the ball, mm. it disappears after ten yards. Yes. And so he would say he'd point to where I should hit it. And this lad, he done out a major thing on each hole, a mm. full a 4 side page for each hole, with all the information on it, which was remarkable. And um, I used that, we used that tr- throughout the entire tournament. And mm. the other countries were very uh, uh, jealous. Well, I won't say jealous, but you know, a, a little bit envious of it, because this lad had done a great job. So, it's look at a lot of the you know the good golf came from what he provided for me
1: well good man luke and it's a family affair to win the scandinavian <laughs> open yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. i know there were uh, golfers from what 18 different countries taking part in that's this right yeah, yeah. that's right
2: mm. and and uh, i didn't know there was uh, until today and uh, uh, in actual fact that, that there was one golfer with a guide dog and I've often seen in black golf around the world now and we you know they play in an awful lot of countries and but I rarely see a golfer with a guide dog Mm. But apparently there was one. I didn't see him, mind you, now, you know, but it yes. must have been two, out of my sight range, be about 20 yards, you know. Yes, yes. And and be, for example, yeah, go ahead. No, Very
1: no, tight. no, just to, to ask you, uh, come back to you and, you know, getting back into the game. I know you were second in the Spanish Open in Madrid back in 2022. Uh, That's but, right, yeah. You know, so you have form here, but it just shows you uh, back you come and you win this one. What club are you associated with and do you practice much, Eddie?
2: Yeah, I'm with a small club in South Mead. In, in the, it's called the South Mead Golf Club. Yeah. outside Trim. Yeah. Now, their results are are broadcast on LMFM every week, mm. uh, which is a great service provided by the station and, and uh, to be applauded. And they're a very progressive club. I've, I'm with them now for a few years and uh, I do a bit of media stuff for them, like for, in the paper, stuff in the papers yes. and that. And help out but it's it's a very inclusive uh, uh, you know place and I, I just love it. I yes. Love great friends and you know Jerry, in any walk of life if it's a football team a hurling team a rugby team or whatever all your players are your friends for life you know. Yes. Except yes. the ones who don't, don't pass the ball to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway you have been a sporting man all your life. You're, you're living in me now. Originally from Mayo.
2: That's correct, yeah, yeah. You, have your, you have your your research done very well, fair play to you. Not at all. A Mayo, a Mayo
1: man. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing, that Mayo Gaelic football team need a bit of what you have, I have to say, Eddie Maguire. And if they had, so they'd be all Ireland champions long ago. But oh, listen, well, look at, um, yeah. yours is a great achievement. And literally, you are only touched down in Ireland in the, in, in the last hour, hour and a oh, half yeah, or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, yeah. we just yeah. came
2: down and, and, and got in. Uh, picked up at the airport and I'm playing again tomorrow in I, a, a big competition, yeah, <laughs> in, in in the Irish uh, Championship match up in, in uh, uh, Westminster Golf Club in Dublin.
1: Right, okay, that's your next step. It's a
2: quick turnaround now, Jerry. Mm. you know, and I'll have to I don't know what, i take a whole lot of tablets for something to, to survive it. No, no i will be glad. No, 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 Eddie, take
1: the right tablets. Don't take the wrong ones because if they're doing drug testing <laughs> or that, you could be in trouble altogether. And this story That's could turn on its head. We don't want that yeah, to happen yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 anyway, yeah. listen, it's lovely just to catch up with you and acknowledge that Eddie Maguire, yeah. County Mead, is the uh, Scandinavian Golf Open Championship for Visually Impaired and Blind 2023. Continued success, to you and Lovely to Catch
2: you today, Eddie. Eddie,
1: okay. what a great guy he is. That's a big achievement for that man. It really is. And he didn't mention his age. He has a lot of experience under his belt, let's say. Louise Angela has been on to say, I have a scrap. Book, uh, one of letters and cards, birthday, Easter, etc., for my daughter. It's twenty-three years old, <laughs> oh, that's lovely. and it's from her great grandmother sending them over from England over the years. Isn't that lovely?
0: Yeah. So she has it. For her daughters. Yes,
1: it's in a photo album held together with a lot of sellotape and glue. Where would we be, Louise, without the old <laughs> sellotape and glue? Angela, shall we were reared in it? Blue Peter, blue how are you? <laughs> for sure. Well, I'm just delighted that somebody out there, because it, it was a long shot, as I said to you, because it is a thing of yesteryear and I'm sure, like mine, mm-hmm. I have to put my hand up. Mine went out the door somewhere. I couldn't put my hand and It's gone, I know for sure. But uh, if you're just, joining us on the show if you know anyone has a scrapbook if you keep a scrapbook yourself if you ever did we'd love to hear from you let us know 086 1800 658 by whatsapp a, or text
0: like you can get loads of them and schools still ask you to get them for do they so i don't know what they use them for maybe projects maybe people have held them for projects mm, over the years too mm, not mm. sure what they're using for these days in schools
1: yeah what about the brown thomas today
0: Woo. well you have to say that Beach Mount Garden Centre. We're, first,
1: ahead in. Of them. we're yeah. first in, they were, but the Brown Thomas have opened their Christmas shop today. The BT Christmas shop is open in Dublin. Maggie Maguire couldn't talk to me with the excitement. She's breathless. You know that song by The Cards. <laughs> She's absolutely... It, it's open today, the BT shop. Now, she didn't tell me. little birdie told us that the, our Katrina said the, the, the shop is officially open today. And if you check out our social media feeds, you'll see it there. We have the story there. But it is open today. What day is it? The 17th? Oh, it's early, isn't it? But Beachmount Beach were first in in, yes. the, ba- in the bad That's weather. Two,
0: two weeks ago, three Yeah,
1: weeks ago. But then the sun came out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> things changed. It it really, really did. I what it's
0: like going around the Christmas shop when yeah. the sun is
1: out? Mm, I don't know I, I I mentioned before I was in St Andrews where they have a lovely quaint little shop St Andrews in Scotland called Christmas All Year Round oh, and yeah. it's open all year round I actually was in that shop I think it was in July or so, and it felt weird mm-hmm. it did feel weird I have to say to you but they were doing a bit of business and it seems to work for them there you go that's uh, the bottom line um, I think
0: it'll make everybody smile if you went into a Christmas yeah, shop
1: it'll
0: Yeah, well, matter well, what time of year even if you went to pick up like a little candy cane
1: yes Nice. Well, the one thing we do do, uh, and that's uh, in holiday times, is when we're away on holidays, you know this, I always look for a Christmas decoration from the city or place we're visiting to take home do and you? that goes onto our Christmas tree every year. So we have... Do you get them easily? Quite easily, yes. We've never been stuck never been stuck like
0: August, September if you're away in Rome or Venice or wherever you, you can pick up a Christmas decoration They're there
1: you'll get the it's mainly a bauble you know what I mean with the yeah. name of the city and image on it as well that's what we've always hmm. done for years so we have lots of them on our Christmas tree that remind us when we're putting up the Christmas tree oh do you remember we were there that one so and so any time of year and we make a point of looking for them when we're away and we have them from where we've been I think it's a nice it's a nice little touch we love to do it anyway instead of the rock it's this little thing which? It's instead of the rock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no broken teeth either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look at look at these teeth here. I wonder if Think if, of all uh, the rock that I've eaten over the years.
0: I wonder if Brent Thomas sell them. Baubles. Happy Christmas from Drohoda or Navin or
1: Ireland. Mm. I would doubt. No? I would doubt very much to get them from the regional, <laughs> but possibly from Ireland. It's
0: a niche in the market, Jerry.
1: There is possibly from Ireland or possibly from Dublin, but uh, definitely not. That wouldn't even include Cork. That's for sure. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> the rail capital. Late lunch, LMFM radio. Short break, and we're going out on the road. No, the show's not going out on the road. We're going on the road to meet a young man called Stephen Lynch, and he's doing something fantastic. Stay with us, Helen. I absolutely love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Jerry, I kept a scrapbook of my lads and their write-ups in the Mead Chronicle from they were 10. They're now in their 40s, and I read those write-ups to their little lads now. Isn't that lovely? That is really nice, Helen. Thanks for getting in touch with us about the scrapbook. Let's have a chat with a man on a mission. Stephen Lynch is somewhere in Offaly, but he's uh, from County Mead, Dulic area. Stephen, welcome to the show. Jerry, how are you, mate? I'm really, really good. So you are running from Malin to Mizen Head. Why? Uh,
3: I just thought it would be a good challenge to do, and I'm doing it for two great causes: uh, to support Mental Health to Ireland and SOSAD.
1: Good on you! And when did you start in the at the top of the country? I started Monday morning at six a.m.
3: So I have got a hundred k done Monday, a hundred k done Tuesday, eighty k done yesterday and then hit a bit of a slump today, but a bit of a hiccup.
1: Why, oh my, 100 the first two days, 80 the third day. Stephen, I ain't surprised that you hit a little bit of a a bump in the road, so to speak, today. You're entitled to that. 100k in a day is a lot of running. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I I didn't realise how far it was until until the first day came around. But then I I thought, look, I got it on Monday, and then I kind of asked, myself, can I do it again? Yeah. Uh it was actually clear. And then yesterday uh I just think I did an anticipate tits face uh met the of sun and especially the hills involved. Yeah. Uh, so that song was it, The Hills of Dunty Yeah. Should
1: have,
3: should have been called the Hills of Tyrone because I've never seen anything like it before in my life.
1: Right. So the hilly countryside is certainly testing your metal. You you, you say you didn't realise what a hundred K was how, how have you prepared for this? Because the total distance is what, 550 kilometres, roughly? 550. So I've been training.
3: Uh, well, I've been just, I woke up running about this time maybe two years ago. and kind of just went from 10k to half marathon to full marathon and then a couple of ultra marathons. Mm. And I've kind of been, pre- pre- been preparing for this since January time. mm and But I've had a couple of hiccups with injuries and stuff, so prep hasn't been what I would have liked, but look, I think that's just life in general though, isn't it?
1: It is, and uh, ups and downs for sure, bumps in the road, I say again. You've had lovely weather, I have uh, to uh, remind you, because the the rubbish we've had before this, in general it's been decent enough, has it, from Monday?
3: Yeah, well, again, there's pros and cons to that. Uh, Like, I didn't realise how much sun I got until I was lying in bed last night, and uh, I'm absolutely toasted. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i know what you're talking about because we were in black rock on tuesday with the show i wasn't running or doing anything only talking as usual but we were sitting in a spot and when the sun came out i wasn't prepared myself either sitting there you know it was just beating down in you i i, I can uh, empathize with you and i know it from my fishing days as well you gotta really put the cream in that and you're not going to be caught like that again anyway there's a bit of moisture on the way tomorrow Stephen
3: what I could do with it that's for sure I might actually I might take up fishing after this
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, less exertion and you just need a lot of patience that's really all but and that's that's the key to it um, so you're in Offaly at the moment when do you reckon you will arrive or what was your plans uh, around when you would hit uh, Mizzenhead?
3: the plan was Saturday but it's more looking likely towards Sunday now mm. uh, but again look it's one of them it, you just take it day by day and we'll just keep cracking on.
1: So, toasted, what about the the little toesies and the feet? Any blistering or any of that type of stuff there?
3: Look, it's a good thing we're on the radio here and not a Zoom call or something like that <laughs> because it's definitely a site for sore eyes. Oh, no. Yeah. I but don't... then again, look, it's, it's to be expected, I suppose.
1: Listen, get someone with you there to take a picture of your feet and WhatsApp it in to us on 086-1800-658. We won't show it to anyone. We just want to see your feet and see what it's really really about, to be honest with you. Do that for oh, me. Okay. We're, we're, do that now. Be what you wish for, Jerry. Yeah, no, promise me. Do that. We'd love to see. I want to see a picture of your feet. WhatsApp it in 086-1800-658. Is Sharon Keoghan with you? Yes. Yeah. And, and who else? Have you a team helping you, Sharon? Is Sharon doing the whole journey with you?
3: No, Sharon's just popped in today for to say summer.
1: hello. Ah, oh,
3: good. But, and uh, I, my mum and dad have been the the two people now who've been with me from the start. Okay, I, I, I couldn't thank them enough.
1: And you go along, obviously, at a steady pace. You've plotted this route. I take it your route is known. You knew what where you were going. That you've done that work for sure.
3: <laughs> no, not no. really. I, I just I just been Googling after it every day and just going from there, really.
1: Holy God, you are uh, a real uh, evil Knievel, I have to say, daredevil type of guy. <laughs> not to have that uh, plotted out in front of you. But there you go, Google Maps. M- mind those Google Maps. They could take you up odd hills in different counties and round okay, bends you it, don't expect.
3: What they did. Did it? But I, look, again, I just tried to not overcomplicate this at all. Mm. Uh, like, I, I keep using the phrase, just keep up one foot in the, front of the other and... I'll see where we end
1: up and and you know you have to go you do so much in a day have you anything booked where are you staying at night time what's happening there
3: so, I'm actually extremely lucky that I've had the Ramlin Rover camper van. Okay. They've sponsored us a camper, and I've been saying that each night. And it may as well be a hotel on wheels, to be
1: honest. Lovely. Well, well done to them for supporting you there. How can people give you a few pounds for those two wonderful mental health charities? How can people support you?
3: So, we have an Instagram page called Steve's Run and a Facebook page as well under the same name.
1: Okay. So, folks, if you want to support this young fellow, he's only 28 years of age, he's a young man, Steve's run on Instagram or Facebook, and you can't support And The money's going directly to So Sad. And who was the other charity you mentioned? Uh, Mental Health Ireland. Yeah, you're very good. And have you reason? I suppose people are saying, why is this lad doing, doing this for these particular charities? Is there something in your backstory, your life, or is it just an awareness thing?
3: It's nothing specific, but I just feel like like, I've grown up in Dorada, and I feel like over recent years that it seems to be a thing where we're losing more and more people all the time, and, like, I want to do something about it, but the only way I know how is from yeah. my own mental health. Right. Right. I hear and, you. Yeah. And uh, I feel like when you choose to do difficult things, mm. that you're giving yourself the right practices and protocols to deal when life becomes difficult Yeah, and I think by going out if that's doing a run or going to football or any sort of exercise whatsoever I just feel like when you get there you might want to be there but afterwards you'll always 100% feel a million times better
1: Well said Young fle. happy journey you will make it whenever that is send us the picture of the feet lovely to talk to you say hello to Sharon Kyogan, your mum and dad good luck to you Steve's Run on Instagram right. or Facebook thank you Stephen cheers bye bye they will break stars will Larry McEntee uh, has been on to me there from Nobber, and Larry has a scrapbook for over 50 years. It's of the great Leeds United team of the early 70s. Giles, Billy Bremner, Jack Charlton, Terry Cooper, Norman Hunter, Peter Larma, Eddie Gray, Alan Clark, Mick Jones, Gordon McQueen, Joe Jordan, Paul Reaney, Gary Sprake, David Harvey, and the manager Don Reviner, there's a manager and a half. What a fantastic team that was, Larry. They should have won more than they did they actually did at the time. They were successful, but really when you look at them. They were wonderful and more trophies should have come their way. But fantastic that you have that. Treasure it, Larry. Keep it for always. Don't do what I did. I can't put my hand in mine at all. It's gone for sure. Yes, if you have a scrapbook or kept a scrapbook at all, let us know. We're looking to hear from you on late lunch this afternoon. 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text gets us to the show here. Now, the seasons, they are a change and the weather's been beautiful this week, but... You feel just as August pushes on in the mornings, the mist is on the grass and the windows and um, the evenings are drawing in. We can see that as well. We hope the good weather will continue well into September. But in terms of fashion, yes, the wheel is turning. Sure, it's always turning through the year and it's autumn trends and styles we're going to talk about for the next while with our go to woman. She's the m fashion consultant in MS and in Give her a shout. She'll look after you, I promise. Lisa Smith, hello again.
4: Hi, Jerry. How are you? Hi, Louise. How's it going? Oh,
1: very good. Welcome back to the show. Lovely to hear your voice again. I tell you what, I love your latest uh, Instagram. The check trousers, the white top, the leather jacket and the shoes, Lisa. Woo,
4: woo. I'm getting in very early, aren't I, Jerry? I was very lucky, though, because I got great sunshine for those photographs. And you, the weather being so bad and then it just changed this week it was brilliant.
1: Yeah, it so looks to be
4: able to. it looks
1: really really well. Talk to me about the trousers. The 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 stretchy aspect of them. Why do you like them?
4: So stretch is back in. A stretch is always in but for it's always been for certain ages but now we're finding that stretchy trousers is for any ages. So I love them because they're just so comfortable to wear. Mm. And They used to just do the stretch trousers in your basic three colours, so it would be grey, nude and black. But now there's so many different kind of checks and colours and it's it's a massive trend.
1: Mm, And the shoes, your shoes are beautiful. Flats, you wear a lot of flats, I was just looking, in your postings. More flats than uh, heels.
4: Yeah, that came with age, Jerry. <laughs> No <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus, I must be my bare feet, so go on.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love flat shoes. I can't do heels. I can't even do heels for an hour when I'm out and I have them off. If you see me going to a wedding, I'll have slip flops in my bag. Just heels or me don't go, but I think that if you have a nice little bit of height, like I'm 5'4", flats are perfect, you'll get mm. away. If you're small, you'll find smaller people will always want to wear heels for that bit of height. But in saying that, they were the boat shoes I had on, but there's so many different styles that come in. Only this week, and it's the wedge. You've got your wedge boot, so they're actually not too hard to walk in. Mm. So there's so many different options for people, but I just love the boat shoe. It just goes with everything. Mm. You can even wear that with a nice, like, if you've got a longer dress. Or even a short skirt and tight. Perfect.
1: It'll go well. It looks extremely well, I have to say. Now, uh, these are your words as summer fades. Lift your mood with autumn colours. Vibrant greens, warm chocolates and neutrals. Is that it?
4: That's your colours, yeah. The, the vibrant is big in kind of your burnt orange and your lemon, especially in satin blazes. Mm. So we got lots of them in this week. Um, but I always find they're your awesome colours. So they always come back. Mm. Even in the dresses, even in your velvet, coming closer more to the winter. But yeah, your vibrant green is big. We have that in a lot of satin dresses this year as well. So I'm noticing lots of that coming in. So it just adds a little bit of colour to your wardrobe as well. Mm. Especially if you're just kind of sticking with your neutrals in your kind of trousers. Like let's say you just get your plain nude or your black and you add that little bit of pop of colour. It's lovely.
1: You mentioned satin there. You uh, were modelling a beautiful satin pink dress as well recently with long sleeves, a round neckline, and those drapes on the sleeves. Very interesting. The colour was outstanding, I have to say.
4: Yeah, I actually have another one now. I have a wedding coming up in two weeks. We got gorgeous satin dresses in. So they were for autumn, so I'm saving that one now for next week. But I wore the pink one. I was to keep that for the wedding, but with the Barbie. Trend all that weekend. I said I have to get that hmm. pink one on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. you did Barbie justice.
4: Ah, thank you, Derry. That longer one wouldn't kind of be me, but I was very surprised in myself, even me that does the fashion. How lovely it was because I wouldn't normally. I would find myself a little bit my shoulders heavier and a little bit up top. I would always go for a V neck, and I was very surprised that when I read the longer sleeve that goes edge will actually leave you. Kind of longer on top and it did work worked perfectly mm, mm. so it, that's a new one for it, me as
1: well well there you are you're, you're in the game yourself and you're learning every day talk to me yeah, about sizes Lisa because this is a big issue with people you know M&S have their size ranges 8, 10, 12 or whatever size you are but people you'll often hear people saying and Louise is talking to me about this you know you go to you and you say you get a size 10 and it fits perfectly you go somewhere else and the 10 is just totally different totally different fit
4: you're 100% right like a lot of people will say and I'm not just saying it because it's it's M&S I work for but there is a few shops out there and they'll say oh no like with M&S if you're a size 10 you are a size 10 Mm. that is very very true and in other shops even I know myself I go in and I say oh god that wouldn't even like look at me that size. What's going on there? It's just materials and everything is different. Yeah. But I define we are very much tree to size. But if you do look now, it does happen with the odd one or two things. Especially I find in satin, like a satin blouse, I would probably go up a size in that because I find with satin you don't like it too tight. And if it's a button and you're heavy chested, like you don't want it to pucker. So different things like that. You nearly know yourself. But if if you don't pop into me on there, as I say, and I'll always help people out. But um, if you don't know your size and you're a little bit like, like we'll help you out with fashion. But our sizes are definitely true to size. But I have found in some shops when I put on like knitwear and that, it's definitely a lot smaller. Yeah. And it is very annoying for people because they just mm. go in. A lot of people still do just go in and they'll say, oh, well, size 10 fits in me in M&S, so it should fit me here. Um, but that's not always the case.
1: I think it makes the case for calling in and meeting someone like you and actually fitting on rather than, you know, Online is huge, I know, when it comes to fashion and and purchasing. But at the end of the day, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff returned.
4: Oh, there's loads. And believe it or not, we actually got um, a video show I was watching the other day. And our returned customers are the ones that spend the most in all our shops. Mm. So that was another new thing because they will order lots of stuff like online and they'll come into shops and they'll order maybe three different sizes in the one thing you might find that they'll only return one of them things
5: Mm.
4: so they're so used to it like i think online customers who order are so used to shopping in the shops that they shop in and the pieces that they love to order so they order them in a few different colors
1: right and they know well, once once they've shopped and been in and fitted, then they can be assured if you're ordering the same thing online, uh, you're going to get what you need. But listen, we need the face to face. We need to go into our shops. We need to support them in our local areas. Definitely. I don't know what life oh, will definitely. be. Definitely. Yeah, no, we we got it. We got to do that now. Yeah. Um, our Louise, as you know, is a great fan of flares. She's a great fan of flares and uh, she, uh, the boots. Ask, ask Lisa there about the, 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 the jeans and the boots, Louise.
0: Yeah, um, you know, Lisa, for years, it's kind of been skinny jeans mostly. So yeah. boots are kind of worn over the skinny jeans and they have the look. So now yeah. you have kind of jeans, anything goes from flares anything to very goes. slouchy to, you know, boot cut. So what boots? You can't exactly wear high boots over flares.
4: No, but you could pull them down. So you can pull them down over it. So a lot of mm. the boots now are sock boots, which are, so we actually only got a pair in the other day and we're not to launch them for another three weeks, but they're velvet. Mm. So they're like, yeah, so it's nearly like your Bay City roller boots back, but they have the <laughs> block heel and then you'd pop the flare down over them, but they're a sock boots, so they're very, very tight on the ankle, but not too tight like or uncomfortable. Mm. Okay. So that's, that's what you do with that. And then, especially with the, the skinny boot, you know, like the skinny heeled boot, mm-hmm. they're all back this year in a sock, more so than a thick, you know, the way you've got a thick zip and they actually come out on the ankle. So they're nearly cloned to your ankle, which is lovely. So the, the flare will just sit lovely.
0: Right. There you go. Fitted Fitted ankles.
1: I was gonna tell her to forget about the flares and trade them in and get the
4: would <laughs> Love me to get rid of her flares. No way. Anything goes. I say. Anything <laughs> goes, it action. does.
1: You're right. Anything <laughs> goes. No, listen, I'm not, not no, I'm not saying that at all. Do what No,
4: no, it's so true. I rarely yeah. get any negative comments on my Instagram, rarely. And the other day a lady said to me about the prince, um, she said very dated and I just said, print will never, I never, in my own mm. my own head, my own thing mm. about print is print will never be days. It's how you wear it. It's like Marmite, either love it or you hate it. What? If you don't like leopard print, well, leopard you're not going to wear it. Yeah. Mm. But I had so many customers that would come in and, like, they might say, oh, no, don't show me leopard print. But I'd mm. say, did you wear it before years ago in just a dress? And that's why, you know, like, they would say, oh, you were like cat later. Or, you know, you have to, oh, you yes, have to know how to style print. Yeah. Yeah, so like if you're small like you're you're not going to put on this big long printed dress but mm-hmm. you could wear a nice printed blouse with a plain pair of trousers. So I think the people that steer away from Prince might have had a bad experience with it.
0: I'd probably look more like a Dalmatian than a leopard if
4: I tried something like that on.
1: Oh, oh, no, no, no. I have to say, uh, uh, keep those leopards going. Oh, beautiful. Do you like them, Jerry? I don't
0: like them. (laughs) I know it's a personal choice, but I don't like them.
4: It is. It's a personal choice, Mm. honestly. That's what I mean. But I do think Mm. that anybody who had an experience of fashion you'll normally find when I have them in for style and fit it's because they had a bad experience at what they were wearing. That's, mm. that's all. And once you say maybe if we style them they had the wrong kind of trousers for their shape and they popped on this blouse and maybe they were too thin on top and it just left them lost. Whereas there's different ways of wearing like if if they're so thin you'd go for a print that has like nice high shoulders and a you. Sitch- it's that time of the year.
2: plushcare.com slash weight loss you put a little belt around it mm.
4: with a skinny
2: jeans yeah i was going to s- make
4: the styling i
1: think you talk about belt you accessorize really well i have to say lisa i was looking at uh, uh one of the outfits you were wearing that honestly the accessories the bag uh the bling it it, it really can lift an outfit can't it
4: Oh, definitely, yeah. Thanks, Jerry. You know, I, I just try, I kind of would take it a while to kind of look at what I'm ordering and what way I'm, I'm picking it and that'll go with that. Like, it, it doesn't come easy. It is hard sometimes when you're styling, but
5: mm.
4: you just kind of, you get a lot of um, ideas yourself and you have your own kind of little, your own little fashion way about you. And if you keep that, don't let anyone take it from you. Like, you'll style it good and then you'll know it works yourself. You can yeah. feel it when something works and it doesn't.
1: It was the white yeah. dress outfit with the higher heels and your accessories with that, I thought, just uh, really shone a, a beautiful light on it. What about the classic coat? Black in in coats, autumn coats? Yes. Yeah. We're
4: well, yeah. studying that. Yeah, black is big in. Black in and the MAC, <laughs> especially. So your MAC jacket is back in this year. Um, the MAC also is coming in lots of different colours. So it's coming in a lot of neutral colours and your staple black but we actually got a colour in it's like a not a lime green but it's a more of a khaki green fabulous mm. and and a, and a pale pink
5: mm. so
4: they're big in this season but the mac is lovely it's very i think classic looks great when it's on no matter what you're wearing it'll dress you up Anybody
1: shape can be dressed beautifully because were you saying Louise that the hourglass shape is something that's come back at this stage. But you know, mm. regardless, it's more Lisa, kind of fitted yes.
4: waist, isn't it, Lisa? Yeah,
1: that's
4: so true, back definitely. In. And that's that's why I'm saying somebody with the hourglass shape, like it's how they dress, like so. If you if you have that, you're not going to. So if I'm bringing in like a massive big thing this year is your oversized shirts, so they're big in now for autumn. Mm. So it's depending on their shape with the hourglass like what way would you style that so we'd have a few different shapes in them as I said like with the high shoulders the longer length for different shapes maybe putting a little belt around it like so you just need to like know your own shape if you don't know pop into me and sure we'll get you sorted
1: you're great. Have you anything else while you're here? We're getting this for free, Louise, today, and so are our <laughs> listeners. It's fantastic. You're great. You really well, I are. I know
4: we're missing we're missing the summer, but I was very lucky. I got away from the rain for two weeks, so mm. I was away in Lanzarote for two weeks lucky you like so two weeks of crazy rain and two weeks of sunshine and i came back i brought the sunshine home ah good
1: on you and keep so, that sunshine you didn't need
4: a poncho <laughs> Are they in fashion Lisa? and i and i broke away from that t- serious heat away so i was very lucky but the three <laughs> things i told everyone in in M&S before i went what would you bring a good cotton t-shirt a good cotton pair of shorts and a pair of sandals so they were my three summer essentials, and i was sorted and people say, oh, I'm going away. So anyone who's going away now, yeah. especially on holidays, we have a big sale on at the moment. And just bring from my experience, the button shirts are brilliant for when you're going to the beach. You know the ones, Louise, they're like a, a shirt that you just throw over your swimsuit. Mm-hmm. Yes. I lived in it, honestly. And don't go for bright colours. We've lovely colours like a pink and a green, so it doesn't get dirty with your sunscreen. Obviously, you have to give them a little rinse. But they were just a godsend to me.
1: So would you, oh, get, would you get away with a 10kg bag for two weeks?
4: Me, not a holster.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, poor Noel, we were meant to share it, so he didn't get
1: looking. <laughs> you see that? I sort of suspected oh, it wouldn't he do He had you. a school
4: bag and a 10kg, and I was coming with my 20.
1: <laughs> uh, a school bag and a pencil case for me, it do, <laughs> but I, I know the story for the girls. It's different altogether. Anyway, Louise bought me a poncho.
4: Oh, very good. Any concerts you're going to, is it? You're wearing that, or is it just. (laughs) Just for his fishing. (laughs) Oh, very good. No, no, I've seen him in Clotterhead, and then I've seen him in (laughs) Scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, Gets you're around brilliant. our Jerry. <laughs> he does for, for the radio No, he's fair place Absolutely brilliant And you didn't need a poncho Because the sunshine was no, gorgeous No, the sunshine was
1: beautiful It was And please God It will continue Because next Tuesday We're in Laytown, Betty's town with the show So if you're out that brilliant. way Do check us out Anyway, Lisa You're a star You're always so good to us M&S Strata, Pop in Ask for Lisa And she'll look after you You'll be looking a million dollars <laughs> Till the next time Thanks, Lisa
4: Thanks so much, guys. See you soon.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. bye 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 bye. She's great, isn't she? She really is. She's such a lovely, lovely lady. She really is. Always welcoming with a big smile when you meet her out and about. Well, a man of his word and his team as well. Look at Stephen Lynch's feet, Louise. I'd rather not. Did you look Mm. at them? I know it's hard to look at. Oh, my days. And I replied and said, thank you. And somebody said, Mm. I I, I can't believe somebody said, thank you for these photographs. They're un. He's in bits. His feet are in bits. They look like yours in sandals. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, you know, he's a great chap. You know what he's doing. And he set off and he heard him there. He doesn't really have a plan. Not a route. Relying on Google Maps. Didn't realise 100k would be so tough. And look at that feet. He's, how,
0: he's gonna yeah how's he gonna do the rest how of it?
1: That, yeah that's yeah. what crosses my mind mm. how will he finish that journey he's in awfully today but he's determined to, pain or no pain at all the, oh my god it's like a butcher's block his feet is like a butcher's block that's all I'd say our heart goes out to you. we feel for you Stephen but you know what Stephen Keep her lit, keep her going, you're gonna make it, you're gonna make at it. All, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a big push, but he will do it. He'll be at Mizzenhead this coming weekend, and we wish him well on his way there. Now it's a big day in our family today because it's a very special day for my son Jared and his wife Shauna. They're celebrating their fifth wedding anniversary. Where'd five years, years Louise. Hasn't it flown by? And they it had really a
0: gorgeous has. day, didn't they?
1: Uh, From what, what I can remember. Ra- no, it rained. Did it? It rained. It, but we had a wonderful day in oh. Bellingham. We were in Castle Bellingham. Bellingham Castle. What a day was put on. The sun came out for a brief mm. s- a spell of time and they got a few pictures in that as well. But it was a wet day. It was one wet day in the middle of, of actually a very dry summer. But anyway, uh, that was five years ago. And since... Pippa's arrived and it's Pippa's birthday on Saturday. So it is, she's four. And little Harry too. And uh, we just want to wish them all the very best. And I want to dedicate this one from their children, from Pippa and Harry to Jared and Shauna today. The little story is that I love Billy Joel. They came to love him. They saw him in New York in Madison Square Garden. Got a VIP seat when Mm -hmm. they got talking to the roadies. And Shauna has... Billy Joel's plectrum. He handed it to her on the stage. It's great. So, for the fifth wedding anniversary, happy anniversary, Jared and Shauna Here he is, the man himself.
5: Don't go changing to try
6: and please me. You never let me down before. Mm -hmm. Don't imagine you're too familiar. And
1: I don't see you anymore. And just mentioned uh, there before the break, my son Jared and his wife Sean are celebrating their fifth wedding anniversary and they were married in Terminfecken Church. And that's where we're headed next because the parish priest is standing by, Father Paul Byrne. Hi, Father. Hello, Jerry. Thanks for joining me on the show. What a beautiful church you have there and so beautifully appointed as well. But the reason you're with me today is you've gone solar. We have. We have. Why?
7: Well, uh, we've been talking about it for some time. Uh, A lot of it's to do with the fact that uh, even though we we live in uh, a cloudy environment and a rainy environment, uh, we still should be trying our best to make uh, use of whatever renewables we have and can get our hands on. Um, and uh, so uh, we felt that uh, it was time to go ahead with it, particularly in more recent times because of the energy uh, cost hikes that we've all been experiencing.
1: It's not easy to heat a church, I take it.
7: No, um, particularly our older churches, because, you know, uh, most of them uh, wouldn't be insulated as modern buildings would be. Uh, They're also very big uh, in terms of height. So there's a lot of space um, and in many cases, very drafty.
1: So in the normal circumstances, were you using oil, I take it? Was it an, an oil burner to heat the church?
7: No, we're on on the gas uh, mains here. Gas,
1: okay. So, yep. yeah, similar, oil, gas, whatever. But uh, anyway, solid fuel like that. So, yeah. Um, for give us an example. Say in in winter time of the year, you have your early mars or whatever. How what time would you have to turn on the heat to heat up a big church like Termonfeckin?
7: Well, uh, we're actually not that big. If you uh, look at the like of uh, St. Peter's, oh in the yeah, or the, oh, yeah, yeah, in the yeah, we're, yeah. we're relatively small, but. Um, well, on the coldest winter day, to get it nice and comfortable for people, uh, masses at nine thirty in the morning, um, we would want that to be on from about five a.m. Really? Yep.
1: Yeah, it just shows you. And and what I'm talking about in size wise, of course, the height and the roof space you have that it goes way up and you have all that to heat as well. So for that amount of time, you'd be running your gas to get it to an even temperature for parishioners coming in for for the mass. And as you said, a big expense there with the way uh, the cost has gone. Now, who put the, the, the solar in for you? Uh
7: London Solar here, uh, parishioners of our own here out in in this village. Mm,
1: they were with me actually mm-hmm. on the show recently as well. <laughs> Where well, they did a big job. Good people indeed. Absolutely. When when did they go in? How, how long has it been there? And did it take long uh, to get it in?
7: No, um, they uh, they came installed it at the start of July. Okay.
1: So you're yep. getting it in, in, well, we hoped it would be the summer season. I don't want to even go there again. <laughs> I'm fed up talking about the July weather. But anyway, it wasn't a summery type of weather. I, I, I'm not familiar with where they are, but I would take it from the old structure. You haven't put them on the roof or anything, no?
7: No, we haven't. Um, we actually have a bit of ground behind the parochial House, which is beside the church. Mm. Um, and we have mounted them on a frame at the uh, on the ground.
1: Okay. So, and their uh, position, so as they maximise the sunshine they're going to get, I take it over a 24-hour period. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, Facing Good. Excellent. So, uh, it's early days when you say July. You've hardly noticed the impact yet, or have you?
7: We have, actually. Really? Um, Yeah, because, uh, you know, we have them operational now about six weeks. Okay. And uh, now, obviously, uh, uh, with regards to the church building, uh, we aren't using any heat at the moment. It's just the uh, uh, lighting. Um, So uh, what we've discovered so far is we're not actually using any electricity from the grid. It's all coming from the solar at this stage. Everything. Over the last six weeks.
1: Yeah. Excellent. So that's a good start. It's half the battle, they say. Uh, Absolutely. Let's hope that works into winter, because even with winter sunshine or uh, the atmosphere, even if it's a little cloud to that, those panels still operate.
7: They do. You know, th- that's the wonderful thing uh, that uh, about the modern panels, is that they're more geared towards daylight than sunlight. mm so, you know, so it isn't dependent on, on having it. Now, obviously, the more sunlight you have, yes. the, the the greater the draw. But it, it does work on this daylight.
1: And you are working off those exclusively at the moment. If you have an oversupply, does it go back into the grid? It does. Absolutely. It goes uh, back into the grid. So money for the church. Well, it's small, but it's every little bit helps, as you, you know, Jerry. <laughs> as that supermarket says, it's the same little <laughs> saying. It certainly is. Every little Absolutely. helps. Absolutely. Uh, but you're really going to, obviously, see the benefit of this as the months roll on now into the latter part of this year and spring of next year. Yes. Yeah. Mm, good. And good. I
7: think, you know, uh, because of the fact that uh, the church is a commercial building because it's non-residential, that's why it's designated commercial, the rates on commercial properties are much higher, the tariffs should say,
5: the
7: electricity tariffs are much higher than are on residential properties. So that's where we will see a, a significant saving
1: well, well, there you are. Term and, and Church have their solar panels in. Watch this space, and uh, please, God, over a period of time, it certainly will repay to you. Have you had much reaction? You know, what parishioners arriving, have you had? I'm inquisitive, I and myself. You know what I mean? That's why you're with me today. Have you had much uh, questioning from the congregation?
7: Yes, I, I, yeah, and very positively too. You know, we've had we have people who already have them in their own homes, um, and are sort of trying to compare. Uh, their experience with ours. Uh, We've actually um, had a a number of parishes from around the country um, since the uh, news went into the media at the weekend um, who've been inquiring about uh, how we've managed to do it and where we've got the equipment from. Uh, And very generously, uh, people have been, you know, uh, when I say generously, positive Mm. Um, you know, because they, they can see and as well as the fact that we have them mounted uh, on the ground rather than on the church building itself. Yes. You know, people are quite happy that um it's not taken away from
1: Yes the, the
7: beauty of the building
1: Of course And and, that, and I'm sure that is a big thing I always knew it term and Fekin To the vanguard of everything For sure You're leading Absolutely. the way <laughs> uh,
7: lead, Leading the way <laughs> Leading the way That's right
1: <laughs> While well, you're with me Father Paul I, I, I suppose um, The big question In terms of the church And we see the rejigging Going on In all the various Parishes And dioceses uh, Because of the lack Of priests And, and vocations it's a big challenge today and will be tomorrow. What what's your view on that? Oh, well,
7: the the declining number is very significant. Um, you know, they uh everybody can see it and unfortunately uh there aren't either the numbers of, of lads coming forward or there isn't the support from among their peers or their families to come forward either. Mm. Um so it it means a lot of restructuring um in in some cases right now, in some other cases a little further down the road, uh, what you'll find is a lot of a amalgamation of parishes and, unfortunately, when we talk about restructuring, it also means a reduction in the amount of um, masses and other services.
1: Yes. Yes, I'm familiar with this as well myself, where there's had to be a change because of the the numbers issue. And, you know, with parishioners, sometimes it doesn't sit that well, but it's just not possible to have the number of masses that were uh, celebrated in the past. Uh, You know, lay clergy taking a bigger part, that's happening at the minute anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
7: because actually that's one of the other things of it, Jerry, you know, talk about a vocation crisis, but it's also a vocational opportunity you know, far more lay people to come forward and to be involved in very real ways, Um, not just sitting on committees or um, uh, brushing floors, uh, but to actually, you know, be involved in in aspects of ministry. And the the, the diocese, along with others in the country, uh, have programs and developments to allow that to happen. So, you know, and also we have permanent deacons, who are married people, mm. um, who we have one here in our parish. There's a few of them uh, around the various parishes in the area. Um, you know, so there's opportunities in the midst of all that for people to actually stand up and you know, be, be very proactive in
1: ministry. Yeah. John's just been on to say, um, would you just put this point to the Father there? In my opinion, if priests were allowed married, there'd be a lot more joining the priesthood. Have you a view on that, Father Paul?
7: Well, actually, the statistics from the churches that, uh, the non Catholic churches that have uh, married clergy, would uh, not validate that point at all, unfortunately, mm. um, because there's a vocational crisis across uh, even the non Catholic uh, yes. ministry and priesthood. The Orthodox uh, clergy um, have married priesthood and they're also experiencing decline.
1: Mm yeah so it's not as simple as as, as that you're saying it it, it it doesn't seem to be and, and i'm aware of that as well that it's just not uh, an issue with the catholic church either and yet may i say to you today i've, I've said this on the station be, before i i was born and raised a catholic myself and i would still call myself a catholic even though i mightn't be the best churchgoer in the world let me say but i, I have a belief but I I think across life, despite all the knocks the church has got and all uh, that's been associated with, that's not good. At the end of the day, when we arrive into this world, we have the various ceremonies along. We get married, and we're laid to rest. And when there are tragedies, I, I say this: the clergy are always there. Father Paul. Yes. Yeah.
7: You know, and and, and I've said it many times. And actually, just as recently here, like uh, we are so uh, honoured to be in the midst of people's lives and stories, uh, whether it be the high points or the low points. And, uh, you know, and it's something that I'm very grateful for uh, over the years to to be privileged, to be in those very, very, what you might call sacred moments, sacred spaces of people's lives. Um, You know, when other people aren't able to, the priest is able to step into those moments, um, whether it's to be a comfort um, or in in times of tragedy or to just be another participant in uh, moments of celebration.
1: I think that's so right and that word comfort and what else have you got at the end of the day often crosses my mind. Anyway, I know what they've got in Chairman Church. They have solar power. They're really taking off there and there as oh, I say. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Where the light
7: of the world is everything else.
1: <laughs> you certainly are. Listen, it's great to catch up with you today on the show. Wish you well and hope Thank you, you make big savings this coming winter and spring. Well, I Please, hope so
7: too. Thank you very much. I appreciate your call.
1: Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's Father Paul Byrne there, the parish priest of Chairman um, uh, another question in there why are churches so high and why don't they put a lower ceiling in well I think that would actually take away from the vista and what they are I, you know I love when I go on holidays I love to visit churches it's a point I make I'm sure we were in Rome early and they are churches <laughs> you could be in a church every hour of the day but love visiting them and I think that when you look up at the magnificence overhead in that, I don't think you could put in a false ceiling. I just don't think it'd work. Now, look, if you're building a modern church with smaller numbers and everything, why not? Flat roof, small, no steeple or whatever required. But the magnificence of the churches. I and mean, when you think when some of them were built, when there was no such thing as hydraulic machinery, and think of how people laboured to carry that stone up and Build those structures. Isn't it simply amazing? It really, really is. Pink and trust fall on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon. The wrong lyrics.
0: What did you think that was? What were you saying to I me? I always sang Trust Fund.
1: <laughs> it's
0: trust fund, baby.
1: What is a trust fall? Uh, Yeah, exactly. What is trust? It should be trust fund.
0: People know what trust fund is. (laughs) I presume a trust fall is if someone stands behind you and you just fall backwards (laughs) trusting them to catch you.
1: Is it really? We'll have to check that out.
0: But if they're really your best friends, they'll walk away and then laugh at you.
1: (laughs) And you fall. (laughs) We'll have to give Susie Dent a shout and Dictionary Corner and and (laughs) Countdown to see what what that word is about. Um, Should be trust fund. (laughs) I I won't argue with you. You're right. You're 100% 100 right. Uh, Just on on, on, uh, Countdown, I watch it every evening. I told you this before, record it, watch it. They had a Nocto champ, a young lad, he won eight in a row, scored nearly a thousand points for the eight wins. He'd probably win this series out. But yesterday on uh, countdown, or maybe it was the day before, there was a guy who took part in it and he was in the apprentice, Louise, with sugar. He was okay. one of the contestants. Yeah, he's kicked off. And I knew oh. him. I knew him. I knew him. I saw him and he's on countdown. You knew and him personally or just, you knew him I, from I, apprentice? When I saw him on it, I said, That's your man from The Apprentice. And guess what, Louise? He scored zero. Nothing. nothing. He never got a point on countdown. <laughs> that is nearly impossible, Louise, let me tell you. But he was a chancer with sugar. And he was a bloody chancer to quanti imagine. And from- he,
0: even if you got like three letter words, you get
1: something, would you? No, you have to it's whoever gets the most letters in a oh, word okay. gets the points. I or works it in out years. the maths as well. But to get nothing, it's difficult to get zero. It really, really is difficult to get zero. Um the the whatchamacallit? The toll boots. You know me and toll boots. I always have a story from the toll boots to tell. Anyway, we're gonna to have to record with Nikki Kyle. She's on the show tomorrow with our organic gardening feature. And I went up the, the M1, went to the toll. It's a huge queue where you get the receipt. You know, if you get a receipt mm-hmm. for your two euro ten cents. Um but anyway, I decided to go on the other lane and just throw the money in. No receipt. Oh, you can press a button and get a receipt. Anyway, there's a three cars ahead of me. A Northern Ireland registered car straight in front of me and two others. The first car goes through, no bother, taps the card. You know, you see them tapping the card and just going through. Second fella taps the card and the Northern, he's at the, the gate. The Northern car is next and I'm next. And he taps the yoke and there's nothing. And <laughs> he taps it and there's still nothing. And he said, and the bloke in the Northern Ireland car, you can see, it's going mad. Oh, His hands yeah. are in the air. He's going ballistic. But would be my fear. With the fellow in front of him.
0: Mm.
1: No, still nothing. Now, I just said, take a deep breath, Kelly. Because I don't have much patience. I really don't. I have a short string for things like this. And I go mad about it. But I said, let's watch what's unfolding. Anyway, your man's still there. I'm still talking. He's still there. He's still, he was there for ages. And eventually, you know what he does? He puts the bloody card into the slot. Puts in his pin. And, and the thing opens. Ah. I don't know why he was at that for a Anyway. Not over the story, not over by any means. The Nordy pulls up to the barrier. <laughs> and his
0: card won't work. <laughs> he throws coins in.
1: <laughs> Nothing. <sighs> Nothing. Throws co- I can only assume he threw Sterling in. Yeah. And it says, you're only, sorry, you're in the European Union, son. Not in uh, the Breakaway Republic. Um, He throws the coins in. <laughs> Nothing nothing, he's pressing the buzzer now to get somebody, you know the talk talkback mm-hmm. thing talk back. and this is the
0: fella that was waving his was arms in exasperation,
1: absolutely mad with uh-huh. the fella in front of him,
0: there you go karma
1: and I'm now enjoying this, I don't give a damn that it's taken me <laughs> so just, much time. you're just
0: lacking the popcorn, I'm just,
1: I'm just taking it all in all I need is popcorn <laughs> and coke and sit back in the seat, oh he's going ballistic and I'm, I'm still talking he's still there, he's not moving he is still there and he's pressing the butter and he's hammering the thing. Oh, it's great. It's just great. I said, well, sirs, you right, McAlpine. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Eventually, the barrier rises. I think they got a pain in their ass with him. Somebody somewhere said, oh, I'll let that. So the, what entertainment. You couldn't write it, could you? You couldn't. No. As long as anyway. you weren't
0: the subject no, of it.
1: No, but I'm warning you. Don't hold me up ever again. Late lunch, LMFM radio, news, weather, and sport on the way. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number two from this week in 1982. And uh, we're going to give it a, a spin already because a big long intro to this one. Yes, it's the theme song from the 1982 film Rocky Three. It was recorded at the request of Sylvester Stallone because he actually wanted to use the Queen song, Another One Bites the Dust, But he was denied permission So this song was written for the movie It got tremendous airplay Topped the charts worldwide And was number one on the Billboard Top 100 In the United States for six weeks It also reached number one In the UK singles chart For four consecutive weeks It sold almost a million copies in the UK And millions right across the world It's the Eye of the Tiger and Survivor of the tiger number 2 from this week in 1982 what a fantastic song a real anthem isn't it? it is indeed when i hear that song i think of one man tiger woods his eye the eye of the tiger when he was in his pump the greatest golfer that ever, ever lived. I hope he's back. I hope he can get back to playing someday because when Tiger plays, the audience roars. Yes, there's nothing like him to attract an audience. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, Thursday afternoon, mid-August, final break of the day. And afterwards, we're going to hear about an appeal for Mead referee, Fergus Smith. He's a former Mead hurler, a well-known referee who's been refereeing at County, Leinster and National level two. He is so well regarded, originally from Batterstown in County Mead. Yes, I'm talking about Fergus Smith, who was diagnosed with motor neurone disease recently. Joining me to uh, tell us uh, what's going on as a big push to help Fergus and his family is the vice chairman of Mead the County Board, Paddy Kelly. Afternoon, Paddy.
6: Afternoon, Jerry.
1: Uh, this came as a shock to Fergus and his family. He's a relatively young man in the context of motor neurone, isn't he?
6: He is, Jerry, and I suppose like all your listeners there, sure, the way things are now, everybody's dealing with different situations and problems, highlights is um, Fergus um, kind of uh, struggled for a long time getting a diagnosis and um, I probably have to acknowledge the help Sean Boylan uh, great, John Boylan gave in in getting them in to see uh, different consultants and um, getting them a, 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 an unfortunate diagnosis like that. Um, so um, that's uh, uh, but um, he, Fergus has uh, a long his family's long history in me GA. Like he, he, his uncle Brian was the captain of meade in 1949 and he served at all levels of the county board. And, and as you said, there Fergus. Um, played with Blackhall Gales and was involved in that club and um, then went on to referee both within the county and within the province and nationally as well and as, uh, set up home in, in Kilcock uh, back the years and is living in Kilcock now so what, what's actually happening at the moment is is stretching across a huge wide area from Meade to Kildare and a, a huge uh, ground well of, of support for him uh, has already started.
1: Oh, I can see it because I've been looking at the uh GoFundMe page even today, and it's amazing the way the total has gone up. I just see the latest figure is almost at thirty thousand. The target is forty thousand, and you're well on the way to that at the moment. But a big push needed. I know he's he's very positive. We want to say that he's 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 up for this challenge, isn't he?
6: Absolutely. And um, sometimes, Terry, there's a lot of focus on the money and, and that sort of things. But um, I feel myself and a lot of people feel that uh, the family are overwhelmed with, 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 the, with the people going on that site. And um, there's people who want to run coffee mornings it's the same as Probably you, with your listeners, have different people mm. uh, coming on different times and and trying to help out. And you know, a lot of people are stretched at the moment with with, with the cost of living and everything. But um, the GA world and 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 the world in general now has really um, uh, sought to give Fergus a lift. Right. And um, like um, this is just one thing, Jerry. There's a we have a page there called SupportFergus.ie which is a website there, and there's a few different things going on there. Um, uh, there's a huge surge up in Kilcock and the Kildare area as well in support of Fergus um, and of course, in our own county uh, uh, and the
1: wider area, you know. Yeah, no, it's fantastic to see the way the uh, footballing family, the community are all coming together to support this fella because he's in his early 50s. As I said, it's uh, something that often affects later in life and he is a young family there as well and his his wife to support and life is changed now for, for all of them. Um Lots going on, supportfergus.ie, I just want to mention that again, that's the webpage, supportfergus.ie and the money going up as I even look at it here on the GoFundMe, that's Fergus's battle with motor neurone disease, Fergus's battle with motor neurone disease on gofundme.com if you want to chip in a few, Bob, there, and loads and loads of people have. It's early days in his journey as well and God knows what lies ahead, but everything has to be faced, uh, Paddy.
6: Or oh, without without a doubt, and uh, his wife Marie and uh sons Evan and Cormac, Um like he, 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 he uh, just uh, feel that we're we're initially maybe trying to do uh, maybe uh, help him with adaptions or anything that might need to be done in household or or whatever to to make uh, make the uh, make it easier. But uh, Fergus is very uh, has always been very positive and upbeat and comes from a very. Determined uh, family, and um, we'd be hoping uh, for the best for them. And um, we feel we like to, we like to, I'd like on behalf of everybody involved, Jerry, just to thank the general public uh, who, who always uh, seem uh, to uh, cease to amaze you uh, in these sort of circumstances.
1: Oh, absolutely. I've often said that the generosity that Irish people have in their hearts is unbelievable. And as you said, there are many calls happening in difficult times, but time and again, we respond. And that is the wonderful thing about it. I want to wish the man himself all the very best, Fergus Smith, as you mentioned, his wife there, Marie, and his sons, Evan and Cormac, and all close to him there. And to know that this well of support is right behind you all the way and will continue uh, it will indeed. Paddy, thank you so much for joining me on the show today.
6: Thanks very much, Jerry,
1: and I really appreciate the opportunity. You're very, very welcome. Only delighted to help we are indeed. That's Paddy Kelly there, the Vice Chairman of Meath County Board. He's a young man. He's well known in sporting circles. He's a sportsman all his life and as a referee, really well regarded in county, province and at national level. Fergus Smith is his name. And again, to remind you, gofundme.com. Fergus's Battle with Motor Neurone Disease is uh, the page there to go in and support if you want to chip in. And you can check out the website, as Paddy mentioned there, supportfergus.ie. That's our lot on Late Lunch. This Thursday afternoon Back with the final show of the week Tomorrow Friday Do join us from 30 for that Eddie Caffrey is getting ready To bring you the drive Stay with us here on LMFM Radio But today we leave you in the company Of the wonderful Lewis Capaldi And I want to dedicate this one To the man we've just been talking about There a few moments ago Fergus Smith We wish you the best, Fergus But all my love I want to say I miss the greeting Get